tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we head to a galaxy far, far away for a delightful, albeit wholly unnecessary, adventure with everyone's favorite scoundrel. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. And if that intro didn't tip you off, we are covering Solo, a Star Wars adventure tonight. Before we begin, uh, along with me are Captain Cash. Hey, everybody. And as always, hailing from Galaxy Parts Unknown, Chumzilla. They were lawless times, folks. Lawless times. So, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at WriterTLK and Captain Cash. Find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. This movie, uh, if you have not seen it, which, judging by the box office numbers, many people did not, is available for free on Netflix right now. And I would recommend that you watch it. And in two or three months, Disney Plus, probably. Let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so what are we drinking tonight, Captain Cash? The In the most on-the-nose, which for this particular film is entirely appropriate, beer we could possibly drink, we'll be drinking Han Shot First by Evil, Brewing, or Evil Twin Brewing from sunny Pennsylvania. Cheers, everybody. Yes, not a I'll name, drink uh, to that. Extremely on the nose. And that is one of the things about this movie. Uh, all the musical cues, very on the nose. All the references, very on the nose. I still love it. Chumzilla, go ahead and do your thing. How do you feel about this film? Well, I'll, I'll second the comments from uh, Mr. Wizard. Uh, it, it makes a ton of... <sighs> You know, fan-friendly references. It also does a lot to pull the the extended universe stuff back into the picture, certain pieces of it. But it's all so blatant and obvious. There's nothing coy about it. It just kind of feels like paint by the numbers all the way through. But it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just real derivative, I guess. Put it this way. Uh, if this would have came out before Rogue One... People would have thought better of it, I think. Because Rogue yeah. One was kind of very unique and different. And even though it told a story you already knew, it gave you all new characters, which this does as well. But it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel necessary. Whereas Rogue One, you're like, oh, did I need to know that story? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I, and I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I thought I'd be more between the two of you because I thought Chumzilla would wind up disliking this more. But, you know... I thought this was fine. This was okay. This was, uh, you know, an extended jaunt in the greater Star Wars universe. But it also was so, I described it as cloying. Like, it's fan service to the point where I know they're giving me fan service. And I'm, like, made uncomfortable by it. Uh, what, what I would say here is that this has a lot of fan service and a lot of callbacks. 
and so does Endgame. But Endgame does it so much better. This movie was not satisfying in ways that Endgame was. I know, I know it's not apples to apples, but I'll just say this. this we knew where this movie was going. We knew how it had to end. Mm. This is kind of like Titanic. We know how the movie ends. The boat sinks. But there was nothing in this movie that ever felt like, oh, I'm not really sure how it's going to turn out. Like, no, I know, I know how this works out. This all ends up in a certain place, and it does. And nothing novel happens to get you there. It's very, again, paint by the numbers. Uh, so Endgame is a really unfair comparison because Endgame is the end of this incredible series of films, whereas this is reinventing well, a beloved stop, character. Stop, 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 stop. Star for... Wars is not not a, a fantastic collection of films. No, no, no. You can't interrupt this because yeah. it is, it's all the same actors in all their roles, finishing off what they started. This is reintroducing a beloved character with a brand new person and saying, hey, bald, frankly. here's Han Solo, the guy that everybody freaking loves. It's a new actor, though, and we're just going to change everything up. It's it's not, not only, yeah. it's not fair. Not only is that character <laughs> beloved, it's it's that Harrison Ford specifically is beloved for playing that character. Guys, you're, you're pushing me away here because what you're telling me is this was a bad idea from Jump Street. That's all. I'm, that's all. That's all I'm hearing. And I haven't get to that honestly, just yet because I do have some questions about that. But this movie's on the pod one because we held a poll and it won. And to be fair, it is the movie to do because this is the biggest flop of the Disney Star Wars era by a, a large margin. I don't even think you have to qualify it. I, yeah. I think. As it's, Star Wars film, yeah, it's kind of sucks because this wasn't a bad film. I like this better than Attack of the Clones. There's Attack that the crappy uh, Clone Wars animated I, movie that's a big flop too. So, I, you know, I, I will say this: this this movie's not terrible, but it is spotty as a Star Wars movie. Okay, yeah. disagree, but let's let's talk about it specifics. Came out May tenth, two thousand eighteen. It's the fourth movie of this Disney Star Wars regime, and it grossed a troubling three hundred ninety three point two million dollars. So over seven hundred million dollars less than Rogue One, over a billion less than uh, uh, the Last Jedi, which uh, which we're going to talk about in a second. This was supposed to make up for in a lot of ways. So it had a budget anywhere from 275 to 300 million to produce. It was a loss for Disney and Lucasfilm, according to an article in the Hollywood Reporter's Heat Vision blog in June of 2018. So less than a month after it came out, they estimated it was going to lose anywhere from 50 to 80 million. It's a disaster. All the other Star Wars Disney films have grossed over a billion. This. I, was I still good. I'm not comfortable qualifying this as a disaster. It it may not have made back its money, but anyone who pretends to understand the Byzantine like finances of Hollywood is full of shit. Now I'll I'll accept that this may this may not have made a ton of money. Didn't make any. It lost money. Okay, okay fine. I will accept this may have lost money, but this didn't lose money for Disney like cats lost money for 
God, who produced that? Was that Universal? I really wasn't paying attention. I was so drunk. Those poor bastards. The exactly. It was like uh, this might have been Studios good. LLC. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I will say this: the budget for this movie is very apparent on screen. It looks fantastic. It does. So, and here's the thing too: they reshot it completely. Like I feel like the reason this bombed and the biggest mistake that they made is they gambled on a typical audience giving a fuck what Han Solo's backstory is. When when they think Han Solo, they think Harrison Ford in space doing space shit. That's great. And they spent $250 million on people most humans have never heard of. And like, we're kind of, all kind of Star Wars nerds. But this I, was I, a- I'll say this. This movie had at least two set pieces too many. No. There- no. This is a pretty crisp movie. It's about two hours long. This is not. Uh, but 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 that before whole, I agree with that, what were stuff what are you in, So no, I, I think there's a point in this movie between the Lando stuff and the space stuff where it just gets a little too big. If this movie had stayed tighter to the heist slash uh, underworld stuff, I think it would have been better for it. The whole space thing with the the Kessel Run was a cute. Nod. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed don't you that. Dare but the whole the castle run. Listen, I'll besmirch the no. castle run, but I don't think I necessarily agree with. There were too many set pieces. Because in the end, it turns into like you know, uh, freaking a Mexican standoff. It turns into a Tarantino film at the end. Well, I so see. I think a lot of that stuff in the middle gets unnecessary. I think they could have kept us a little tighter, a little smaller. It would have saved some money, and the movie would have made more sense. Because again. Han Solo is not a big, 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 big character. He's not Luke Skywalker. He's a he's scoundrel. Bigger. He. Oh he's no, a he's scoundrel. not. He's a scoundrel. He's uh, a smuggler. He doesn't need quite as much oomph. But everything you're saying is what this movie did. This movie is an intimate story about why he became the guy he became. Right, right. But they had this big space battle thing in the middle of it that really wasn't necessary. Not and, really, uh, no. And 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 they yada 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 over the, probably the most interesting part of this movie is how he got kicked out of uh, the Empire's Top Gun program. Like they yeah, just no, that, yada yada right over that 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 whole that whole World War One uh, land battle bull crap was garbage. Well, I don't need to see Han Solo as a grunt. I, I wanted to see him getting dressed down and kicked out of the flight academy. If he doesn't get kicked out of the flight academy, or if you see that, then you're adding another twenty minutes to a movie you just said had too many set pieces. There's no need to see him be insubordinate. We know he's insubordinate. I, hey, I, but you switch it out. I mean, I I uh, actually yeah, stand by. Yes, I want. No. no, I could have allowed for. Lando Calrissian was already at the party with Dryden Voss because he's already got a connection with Kira and all that. If it meant that we got to see why he got drummed out of being a pilot and we saw that he was actually a really good pilot before he got to pilot anything. Guys, we know why he gets kicked out. You watch the character in every movie he's in. He's not fit to serve in a fascist space program but hold on we got to see him fit to serve as infantry so why did they waste their time to see him serve as infantry i would it, it would have been more entertaining to see him serve as a pilot show me don't tell me show me don't tell me 
No. You, we did a movie about fascism on this podcast. And the whole conceit of that movie is nobody gives a shit about the infantry. So when he mouths off and he's a problem, they go, okay, now you're going to go die. See you later. It was nice knowing you. You don't need to see that. That's how he's like, hey, forget this. This is for the birds. I'm getting out of here any way I can. And he hooks up with these other people. Flunking out of flight school means nothing. We know he's a guy with an attitude. And he wouldn't last there. He only enlisted to escape from getting taken back and probably murdered. Like, you don't need to see any of that. He, did, he But he wanted to fly. You're yada, yada, yadding over the entire plot of the whole, Top Gun. The whole friggin... The whole intro to the movie is him being an incredible driver. Yeah, no, then okay. So, before driver get, of a flying car. Like, it, he wasn't. He wasn't being a soldier. He wasn't. He wasn't firing a gun. He was piloting a vehicle that hovers. You're missing the point. He can drive. That's the point. In any event, for now, we're just going to table this. You're wrong, Chumpzilla. That's a fact. Because we have other things <clears throat> to get into before we get into a little bit more about the plot we sort of covered it but the thing that was very interesting about this and i found this nestled into a vulture article about the film's troubled production which we're also going to discuss at a later point in the pod so let's not get into it too much now their source pointed out that the financial underperformance of the last jedi which grossed what 800 million less than the Force Awakens, and fell $200 million short of analyst predictions, incentivized the studio to make the Force very strong with this movie. They wanted this to be a huge hit, which, to your point earlier, I don't think they were really reading the pulse of Star Wars fans because nobody wanted this movie. So when it started going badly, that's when the pressure began to mount. You know, this movie, I like it. You're, you said it was... Pretty good, Captain Cash. Chumps, I yeah. think you think it's okay, Fine. but it's not great. It was a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Did not meet that expectations. And really, though, that mounting pressure is why Lord Miller get fired 75% of the way through the movie, or actually more, because I think they were three weeks away from wrapping their version of the film. And, of course, and they we replaced didn't talk with, about that, did yeah, we? We are going to talk about it. In our second portion, so I don't want to dive into it too much now. But so, who directed it? Ron Howard, mostly. Technically, yeah. The second time. So I guess, he, from what I understand, he reshot seventy-five percent of the film. So originally, we should say Lord Miller, the people who are behind things like Lego Movie, yeah, Lego Movie, Spider Verse, Community. God, what else? The, like everything. Twenty-one, everything twenty-two, Jump Street. Yeah. Aren't they involved in Rick and Morty in some level? Oh, I don't, I don't know because I don't watch that. But they're very talented guys. They have a very... They're amazing. And they're hilarious. They have a very sharp wit. Now, I'll save my point for later because they, they ended up getting dismissed. Ron Howard comes in. Ron Howard's one of the great directors still working today. A Beautiful Mind, Rush, Frost Nixon, Apollo 13... Unfortunately, did all those Dan Brown novels, but we can cast those aside. Um, Opie from uh, Mayberry. Yep. The Happy Andy Days. Griffin Show. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was written by Lawrence Kasdan and his son Jonathan Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan is the writer of basically everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, amongst other Star Wars movies. Empire Strikes Empire Back. Empire Strikes Back. 
There we go. And, Just checking. And, and, and Raiders. This movie had a. Ah. It had uh, so much going for it. Uh, starring Alden. Don't get cocky, Aaron Reich. Which I'm going to ask you about what you thought about his performance later. Woody you mean Boyd Harrelson. Amelia, the oh, mother of dragons, on. Clark. Donald, this is the galaxy. <laughs> Glover. John Gutter is a tool. Hey, Favreau. We address him as Childish Gambino. That's, Show some that's respect. true. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's a good space name, too. Uh, Paul Wimbledon Betney and Thandi Westworld Newton. There's some other people sprinkled throughout. This is uh, the second. Is this the first Star Wars movie where. Uh, I forget the guy's name is entirely Chewbacca, or was Peter Mayhew still involved? I, yes, in some Yes, yes, I, bl- I believe he's the only one. Bill, the the new guy. I'm, I'm sorry, not new Peter guy. Mayhew. I feel bad because I've met yeah. that. Guy. He's a decent dude. Jonas nice. something or other. Jonas Sutamo. Where's he? Where's he hail from? Is he? Is he? Uh, Finnish. Finnish, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Born in '86. What no, was he? Is he? Is he? Is he seven foot seven two? What is he? Uh, six foot eleven and a half inches, according to his Wikipedia. Not quite a seven footer. He's an awesome dude, and if I can find Again, it, can't say enough nice things about this guy. He was very the the time I met him, he was very nice. And I I heard he I heard he got along very well with the original Chewbacca. I, I, I Good. Heard they they bonded during during the uh, Abrams films. I, I never got to meet Peter Mayhew, but I hear he's a good dude too, or yeah. was a good dude too. He was, yes, yes. R- Carrie, R- Carrie Fisher loved him. R.I.P. Both of them. So if I can find it online, there's a there's a thing that they did with the whole cast as an extra, along with Ron Howard for Solo, and it gives you a really good appreciation for how much everybody involved in the movie loved being in this movie and how much it meant to them, et cetera, and so on. Ron Howard included. And uh, Jonas, it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's like the opportunity of a lifetime for him. He recognizes that. It's a, it's a great roundtable interview thing. So if, it, if it's online, I'll post it to the social. But if you do own Solo and you've never watched the extras, you've got to watch that roundtable bit. Now, here's the film's description, according to IMDb. During an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot, Chewbacca, and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the Rebellion. I mean, at its basis, yes. But how would you two describe this movie in one sentence? Chumzilla, I give it to you. All right. Not Bill Hader stars... As an underwhelming Han Solo, opposite a very stiff, not Sean Young, played by the Mother of Dragons, and a paint by numbers Star Wars prequel that does nothing but connect the dots from the original trilogy and references some fun EU stuff that we never really questioned. Is I don't know if that's a single sentence, but you, you, we've stopped doing that. You, like, I, I failed English, so. It seems me legit failed to me. English. That's on un- that impossible. Clearly, you failed English. Uh, Captain uh, Cash. So my one sentence description is that it's a fun Star Wars movie. It's nah, fuck. I'm not. I'm about to do that too. I'm about to do two sentences. It's a fun than six. 
Yeah. Well, oh, th- th- there are no periods in the text I just read. That is one sentence. I'm sorry. Zero periods until the end. Because you didn't write periods in the text doesn't mean the periods should be there. You know what? I don't read so good, so what? Fair enough. And I will say a fun, if wildly unnecessary, jaunt into the Star Wars world. Again, it's, I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's good. and It gives me a lot of answers that I never had questions for. So uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I liked it. I can watch it again. It's fine. I, I would say it, it doesn't give us answers for things we didn't have questions for. It gives us answers for things we already knew. It just, it just gives us filler for like, oh, and I knew that, and now I know why. Yeah, but that is every that is every ending to... Uh, I mean, you brought up Endgame earlier. Endgame gave us answers to everything we already knew the answer to. So it's just the execution of it. Uh, well, I think I think there's a difference. Like, so we know that Han won the game, uh, won the Falcon from Lando in a game of chance. Don't you don't you besmirch any Lando scenes either. Uh, to be fair, no, don't no, do this it. movie would have been a better movie if it was called Lando, Lando. and it just yeah. followed Lando. But a jellical space <laughs> scoundrel story. And and uh, uh, Donald Glover was fantastic. Um, probably didn't get enough screen time. That no, he absolutely been... did not. No, but um, him but... and Elsie are the best part of this movie. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, it's like, and then you see it. It's like, and they played cards, and Han won, or or as Lando would say, Han Han won. Okay, yeah, great. See, it's again, it's just it's just paint by the numbers. Stop, though. It. The first time, and we're we're already jumping into plot details, but the first time we see them I didn't play, even do my plot. Yeah, I know. Oh man, we already we, we we already know the plot. We've all seen no, no, a new hope. Get to do his one. We know we know how it, it it gets there. He didn't get to do his one sentence description. That's what we're talking about. You guys ah. got to save all this stuff about. Yeah, we already fucking know because it's going to be a question. So just save it. We love Star Wars. We're fired up. Yes. And, and again, I I like this movie. I really do. I love Star Wars a lot, and I geeked out this entire movie. And here's but and here's my my big takeaway: knowing full well that they had reshot seventy five percent of this. Dear Warner Brothers, I just watched Solo, and not once did Woody Harrelson look like he gained fifty pounds and got a terrible spray <laughs> tan. Take notes. Oh. I- I, I think his Not hair wrong. got. I think his hair changed a bit. The only time right. you can really tell things were reshot is some of the lines are not delivered. Uh, I think they could have used more takes, but because they were so pressed for time, they just said, "Go with it." <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we need to do a light plot reflection, considering a lot of the conversation has been about how this movie wasn't necessary because we knew what was going to happen, but. Captain Cash, why don't you elaborate? Okay, so just to do a real quick recap. We are introduced to Han Solo. He lives on a planet called Corellia. He's got a girlfriend. Her girlfriend his girlfriend's name is Kira. She he works for a gangster. That doesn't really matter. Eventually he gets separated from his girlfriend. He joins the Imperial Army, uh, technically the Imperial Navy, where he gets his name Han 
he doesn't have a family, so he's Han Solo. We're going to talk about why that answers a bunch of dumb questions none of us are really actually interested in having answered, but that's the first indication of where this movie is going. In any case, turns out he flunks out of the Imperial Navy, he gets enlisted in the Imperial Infantry, he winds up on a planet, basically is sent to die, gets court-martialed, gets thrown into a pit, meets Chewbacca, then meets a guy named Beckett, Beckett and he and Chewbacca all escape that planet. They plan to pull a train heist. The train heist doesn't go well. We're introduced to Dryden Voss, who is the guy who organized the train heist. And wouldn't you know it, the person who's working for Dryden Voss is Kira, Han's longtime love interest, who all he wanted was to go back to get her off of Corellia. She's managed to make it off of Corellia, now currently working for whatever this, yeah, whatever this gangster thing is. They have to recruit Lando Calrissian because he's got a great ship. Because they fucked up the train heist, they've got to go steal a bunch of coaxium, which is basically the stuff that powers starships. They go to the place where it's unrefined coaxium. They steal the starship. They do the Kessel Run in less than 20 parsecs, which is really probably closer to 13, but Han will call it 12. The stuff happens. Uh, they're constantly pursued by Enfy's Nest. Uh, and eventually Han Solo comes out on top. He lives. He kills Dryden Voss. He also he shoots first. He Yes, he shoots first uh, and kills his mentor, Beckett. And then uh, Darth Maul shows up. Correct. And uh, there were, at le- again, there are at least too many, too, too many set pieces and all that. All right, there, we'll, that's a we'll lot. Get to that's it. a lot. In all no. of that rust description, it frustrates me that I didn't even talk about L3 who was my favorite part of this movie. Uh, and I just barely mentioned Lando, which again, was my favorite part of this movie. Uh, okay, uh, hold the, it. This, mo- this movie has a lot. This movie has a lot. No, that's not true. Now, we, you've heard the plot. Uh, you were wrong. Dryden Voss is killed by Kira. Yeah, that's fair. Because she's a master of a certain martial arts, only seen in oh. a 1997 PlayStation video game. Tereski, wait, wait, wait. Tereski, Tereski, Tereski. So I have Listen, I, I enjoyed that video game. I, I worked did. at the Blockbuster where I permanently rented that game. I mean, they had a Jabba's Palace guard in that game. I mean, how could you not play it? Hold on, stop. They also had a sand person, and their name was Whore. Hey, 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 hey. I mean, that makes sense. H H O. H-O-A-R, whore. The preferred nomenclature is Tuscan Raider. I'm sorry, Tuscan Raider, yeah. Whore. So I do have questions. These are all actually serious questions. Now, the first one, which we touched on a little bit earlier, and I wanted us to hold it, but did this movie deserve to crash and burn? I'm just going to say no. no flat off no. the top. I, no, it was... I really like this movie. I, Han Solo is one of my favorite characters. Basically, Lando Calrissian is my favorite character. Han Solo is my second favorite character. Tell the audience how much you love this movie. How much? How much you love this movie at Comic Con in 2018? Yeah, I mean, you... I literally pieced together a costume from the solo of this movie. I spent like three hundred dollars assembling this costume, and then I forced I my best friend to wear wear a Chinese-made Wookiee suit. <laughs> It was a good Wookiee suit. I don't care what anybody says. It showed it up. Good. It, it showed good. up in a box, 
approximately three sizes too small, and all the hair was popping out of the, <laughs> the sides. Listen, you wound up on IO9. It was fine. I planned that perfectly. Uh, so I, I love this movie. I, I don't think it deserved to do this poorly. I get why some people may have been, hey, I don't really want to see it, but I have a question for that coming up. But to gross under $400 million, I mean, give me a break. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to say I'm, I'm out of beer, so I'd like to grab another beer. Can we... Okay, no, I'll, I'll take over for uh, Captain Cash, and I will say, no, this movie did not deserve to tank that bad. I personally do not love it, but I think it looked awesome. Uh, did it add to the Star Wars uh, lexicon? Yeah, I think it did. I think, yeah, it was a little bit derivative, answer a lot of questions we already knew the answers to but it did bring some new things and i think the visuals in this movie were great i think it definitely enhanced star wars in that sense but yeah i just feel like it it just didn't have a strong enough narrative that made it stand out you know what this movie does uh the best is it really shows you why you don't mess with a wookiee because chewbacca just kicks asses and takes names he does. The entire yeah. movie. Like, uh, I, it's, it's incredible. You know, now my favorite Chewbacca, like, post OG trilogy moment is him getting his medal in Rise I mean, of the Skywalker. I'm a sucker. Yeah. I'm a sucker. I enjoy that. But the absolute close second is seeing him with that dude's arms in his hands. Yep. And I'm like, oh. And, he, and oh, he's like, sure. She, that was the she, suit that would have fit. Chewie's a hard yeah. ass. Yeah, and, and, yeah. He's like, "What? What the hell, Chewie?" And she was like, "What? I ripped the dude's arms off." Sorry, uh, that was the great. Kessel Run escape, where they see all the other Wookies who have been basically enslaved, and he's like, "We got to go." And and Chewie's like, "No," he gives them yeah. like, "I'm going back." And then the next thing you know, he like checks the dude through a wall and spikes a guy in his head. And it's like, "Yep, Wookies are not to be trifled with." No, no, not at all. Chewie, Chewie was pretty tough in this movie. So Captain Cash, we've uh, weighed in on whether it deserved crash and burn or not. Where do you stand? I mean, hard hardcore, absolutely no. I, I thought it was a fun little jaunt into a galaxy far, far away. I, I think feel like ultimately what made it crash and burn, quote unquote, is that it never deserved a budget of three hundred million dollars. This was a hundred million dollar movie at best, right? Because the only people who care about this sort of backstory and the answers it's giving are the big fucking Star Wars nerds like the people on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's neat to learn this stuff, but the vast majority of, of moviegoers, when they hear Han Solo, they think, oh, Harrison Ford doing Harrison Ford stuff in outer space. And that's kind of what this movie is except uh, it doesn't have fucking Harrison Ford which like I don't have a problem with the guy who plays uh, Han Solo in this one what's his name Alden Ehrenreich yeah I mean Bill Hader it was was Bill Hader I mean he does a he does a good job like I don't have a problem with like the problem here isn't any of the actors isn't any of the the set pieces in my opinion I think ultimately what burnt this movie was they shot it twice. If this was half as as expensive, it wouldn't have bombed at all. 
it wouldn't have been super profitable, but it wouldn't have lost money. Exactly. As soon, look, as soon as they fired Lord Miller, that's where this took a turn. If they'd have kept it, like as I as I read, Lord Miller were trying to be like, look, Guardians of the Galaxy, but in the Star Wars universe, and I feel like that would have worked here. No. And listen, uh, see, I, I can understand the questions there, but again, uh, to, to your point, Captain Cash, budgetary problems. This movie was too big. They needed to rein it in were too many big no. set pieces. You're, this movie needed to be smaller. R- reshoots or rewrites, <clears throat> regardless, this mo- this had to be a smaller, tighter film. It would have worked better because Han Solo is not a grand character. This movie drags, it gets big, and it gets weird. There's a hint of that Guardians of the Galaxy thing you're talking about. That's not a race from the film. That's still that that's in there. Uh, Opie did his best to try to rein it in, but I still think that's what failed the film is it was too ambitious. They they didn't rein it in enough. I don't agree. I think it set up a sequel perfectly. Unfortunately, we'll never get it now. Which is kind of well, a bummer because no, I'd watch another well, no, one. Wait, late, no, no, we've got a sequel. It's called A New Hope. No, no. Uh, this, no, you it don't. was supposed to be but, I mean, him uh, getting <laughs> caught by the huts. Not caught, but it was him screwing over the huts. We had avenues to explore with Darth Maul, which, if you watch the cartoon, has been around. Yeah. Like, there was interesting places to go. This actually set up... This had places to go, unlike Rogue One, which said, okay, here it is. Now we're right into A New Hope. Like, there's nothing left here. Not not to be fair, though. Rogue One was really good. It's my favorite of the new Star Wars movies, but... Let's stop for one second here, because I agree. There is a difference between these two movies in that regard. And the reason that Rogue One works is because that movie achieved what it set out to do. Mm. It meant to end there. There was no beyond that. You're right. I agree, uh, Mr. Wizard. This movie had sequel ambitions, but you can't compare that to Rogue One because Rogue One was meant to butt end, bookend up against A New Hope. This movie could have done the same thing and it would have been equally as satisfying. I realize we're not talking about this film, but the way that Rogue One ended was kind of perfect. That's that to me, that is the single time I've seen a prequel work ever. Well, well, and to your point, it delivered because it, it literally ends where you want it to end. It's like it delivers you to the threshold. It gets you there. But it's anti the new Hollywood. The new Hollywood is all about sequels. And it said, yeah. no, no, this yeah. is one movie. This is one story. And we're going to kill everybody. Yeah. Out, and this is it. Yeah. Well, let's address the elephant in the room. Because you've said this before, Mr. Wizard. Nobody wanted this movie, correct? You guys are, you guys are, I'm trying to get to these questions See, I don't, here. I don't know that nobody wanted this movie. Because I feel like if you'd have said, hey, Han Solo movie, people would have checked it out. Sure, but, I, but 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 what did Star Wars fans really want? What did the hardcore dorks really want? They want the Knights Let's of the Old be- Republic, and they've been talking about it since the game came out. That's what they want. But why would you but, want yes, that I, when I, you know how it goes? It's the same friggin' thing. Well, it's a very hypocritical yeah, no. argument because you know how the Knights of the Old Republic goes. I, I'm not even that nerdy. Let's go straight fan service. What is the? 
I'm telling what you is what the they origin? want. No, 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 but what, what's the origin story? What's the what's the a Star Wars story vignette everybody wants? It's not Billie Eilish as uh, Han Solo. They want to see what? What do we want to see? I just told who's you. Who's the greatest? No, no. Who's the greatest living character actor still doing Star Wars that's not the Emperor? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. That's the movie we wanted. That's where they screwed but, up. We wanted but, to see... But how is that any more interesting when the lore tells you that he's been it, hiding in the desert, and as soon as you break that, it breaks the it breaks the continuity of that narrative, because if he's outing himself and having crazy adventures, they know a Jedi exists. How's Listen. he get there, though? How's he get there? Every, everybody wants to see Obi-Wan. Everybody well, wants to see the guy from so, like, It's really not like a, an I know, argument. And they, they are, but, but I'm saying that's the mistake they made. They made, they, they, they made a mistake. They, they hooked their horse up to the wrong wagon there. We didn't want to see Solo, a Star Wars movie. We wanted Obi-Wan, a Star okay. Wars movie. I disagree. I disagree. No, I don't There was a comic that was produced sometime in the early aughts called Old Wounds. And that was the Obi-Wan versus Maul comic. Mm-hmm. Just straight adapted that. No, that would have been great. That would have been great. I sure. Still, I still feel like there was room but it, for a Han Solo movie. Oh, I, I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying that wasn't the first choice of the fan community. Guys, we got If you wanted this so, thing to stick the landing. It, I, so here's the thing that I know about the Star Wars fan community. They, as a vast majority, don't know what the fuck they want. And most of them suck. That's the biggest point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so look, I loved Rogue One. Rogue One answers literally a single sentence. How did they get the Star Wars plans, right? That's the answer yeah, that the, Rogue the One Death provided. Star. Yeah. Okay, now... How did... We're gonna just hang, hang on with me for a second. Hey, come on, this is dense stuff. Let's go. The reason that Rogue One succeeded is it answered a very simple question. How did the Rebels get the plans for the Death Star... Why was the Death Star so easy to blow up? And they took that and created a really interesting narrative with it. Mm-hmm. The problem with Solo is they took a character everybody really liked and provided a bunch of answers. Where does he get his gun? How did he get to meet Chewbacca? How did he get his last name? How did, like No one wanted those answers. We all just assumed they met up in an adventure they uh, he, he that was his last name the entire time nobody and it was a gun nobody cares so captain cash you touched on a lot of the issues that probably plagued this movie and why it didn't do as well as they had hoped but han solo is one of the most popular characters in star wars lore so if you were to construct a story about han solo how would you do it to maximize the audience because if i were making a Han Solo movie. We saw him return in The Force Awakens. There's so much interesting things to be explored in his basically failure as a father and Ben Solo turning to the dark side, the dissolution of his marriage, and him going back to this life that was never really good to him in the first place. So if you were going to do a Han Solo movie, you could have just brought back Harrison Ford, explored that sort of area of his life where he's having a late-life crisis. His son is essentially the new Darth Vader. His marriage is ruined, and he slipped back into this same sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, it weaves into his 
redemption once again. And it's almost perfect. That's how I would have done it. Rather than recast, which everyone was against in the first place. So here's what I would say. I like that idea. The, a midquel is an is is an interesting way to sort of play off what's already happening. But I feel like doing that is the problem that this movie has, which is it's answering a bunch of questions that I don't really have. That I feel like the the answers to I can just assume and it's okay. And I feel like this movie approaches what it really meant to do. And we've talked about this where Rogue One answers this question well, which is why do the rebels have the plans to the Death Star? Why is the Death Star so easy to blow up? This movie clearly set out to do what was the Kessel run in 12 parsecs or less. And I actually like that they did that. My only concern is that they chose to answer a bunch of other questions. I think if they would have stuck tighter to this was the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. This is why it would have been better. But instead, they also threw in who is Han Solo? How did he meet Chewie? How did he how did he achieve these various things where I, I would have been very happy with you could have just simply opened on Han meets Chewie. They win the 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 Millennium Falcon. The big thing is the Kessel run. The end. I feel like this movie was sound, and that's mostly why I enjoy it as much as I do. It It's a fun movie. It's just, it's doing too much to tell you, no, 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 no. We're a Star Wars movie. We're a Star Wars movie. We're a Star Wars movie. Hey, remember that gun Han has? Here's how we got that gun. But does cutting any of that out really maximize the audience? Because they skipped it basically because they're like, you know, they saw a commercial and said, eh, no. You know, they didn't know everything that was going to be in it. They just said, eh, pass. So how do you, I mean, how do you really, you can't, I just don't think you can pitch it. And you've talked about it endlessly, Chumzilla, so we're skipping you. We know you don't think that this was the character to go with. I think your general audience didn't need answers to those questions. I think the hardcore Star Wars people had some interest to see all those little details fleshed out. Mm. But I think for the most part, everybody's comfortable with like, Han and Chewie are friends. That's okay. I don't need to know why. Han has a cool blaster. Don't really need to know why. His last name's Solo, because it's fucking sweet. I don't really need to know why. Those Nobody's really dying to know how he got those actors. But the name thing is more of a, like, hey, haha, wink and a nod. Like, that wasn't, like, a real question people had. I, I didn't he, care for that one. I'll be honest. I, I, it, was silly. It, it feels it, it feels cheap. But it was it feels it's cheap, the same but, as Ray Skywalker. <clears throat> Which was equally terrible. No, it was not terrible. She was... Those were her, basically, surrogate parents because she never had real parents, and she associated with them as being her family. It made perfect sense. No, I mean, it's... No. She she knew them for a long weekend. My frustration is more with... I I don't need to... I get how Ray chooses that name. It's more... I don't care that Han Solo's last name is because some random... Period. No, I agree. I think that's Shows one of the stupider him. Easter eggs in the movie. Now, well, the, the, it's it's a bit of a throwaway, but here I I will say this though: what I would have liked to see in this movie, had I got to chose the plot, I would have liked to seen Han, and uh, uh, you know what's his face, uh, Carnage, Woody Harrelson, 
God. Yeah, what do you hear from that guy? Of all the rules oh, you could have God, said. please don't let I, I know, I mean, I he's going to be, but. Uh... I, I, I tried to be topical here. I wanted him and, and uh, Cassidy, um, I, I wanted those guys to get into some sort of heist that involves some bounty hunters. Like, because they name drop Bosk, I think, at one they point. Do. Yeah. I, and, and you see some Mandalorian armor and visions. Um, uh, what's his well, you know, what's his name? You know, Dryden uh, Voss. Dryden Voss's uh, 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 lair. Uh, yeah, him, maybe Boba Fett, and uh, uh, some Dengar. Some of the, I would like to see like some sort of bounty hunter, like like a caper, like a real like caper flick where they're trying to you know make a score. They're, com- they're you know they're they're competing against guys. Han is a scoundrel. He pulls in uh, Lando. They come out ahead, and it and it kind of like goes from there. I would like I would have liked a more ambiguous ending. They kind of left it open. Like, could it be a sequel? Does this lead right up to it's a, a new hope? We don't know. That that to me would have been the perfect Han Solo movie. It would have been a little more ambiguous, a little more mysterious, not so paint by the numbers, and involve mm-hmm. yeah. Again, make it very Star Warsy. Involve some characters we know from that criminal underground side of things, not the Jedi, not the rebellion. Cause I, to me, that really felt cheap at the end when you're like, Oh, and by the way, this is the rebellion. And he's like, Oh, I'm not really sure if I want to join I'm like, Oh, great. So that's kind of, you know, treading water. Okay. Well, very Marvel. I, I get what you're treading saying, water. but for worse, in your opinion, this movie is an origin story. It had to establish mm-hmm. how this character came to be and where he was going. I just mm-hmm. don't think you could recast Han Solo and be like, here's a Han Solo adventure. You already know who he is, and it's a totally different guy. Have fun. If you want that, just go read one of the expanded universe novels. There's a great one. It's called Scoundrels. It's like Ocean's Eleven in space. It's fantastic. Lando's that there. Good. Chewie's there. Well, it's awesome. Let's make a movie. Yeah, and it would have worked as a movie, but... I think it works if you have Harrison Ford and he's still young and not getting run over by the Millennium Falcon door. So, two things. Then we got to head to break. Of all the new creatures, characters, returning faces, Captain Cash, you mentioned L3 and, of course, Lando. Who would, I, who would you love to see again? I think Disney Plus. Hey, you've got jack shit for quality offerings. Give us a Lando series. Give us a Han series with this guy, too. I'd take both. Uh, because, honestly, what you've given us so far is awful. Aside from The Mandalorian, the rest of it's crap. Well, but that's all they've given us, yeah. Disney+. Plus. Well, be fair. Shouldn't they have probably prepared for this giant launch? And not had one show I mean, in a thing what was The Mandalorian? You can't launch a network with one show. Apple TV had, like, at least five shitty ones. Uh, hey, hey, hey. So come if on, you're launching with The Mandalorian, which we all agree was great, uh, and Jeff Goldblum, well, like it's uh, a pretty solid. Yeah, and then the movie with the talking animals with weird mouths. Congrats, Disney Plus, you nailed it. Oh, and the High School Musical show. Busket Way to go. Cats. The The Mandalorian is getting artificially like uh, bumped no, up by Baby Yoda. No, Let's just be honest. Liar. That show's good, but it's not as good as Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's the headline. No, that's great. No, that's fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, but we all agree. Lando that. show, and then do the scoundrels thing I just discussed with this Han Solo. Let's get a show. So let's 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 be honest. I agree with you, uh, Captain Cash. Well, 
mostly Mr. Wizard here. <clears throat> the bigger star in this movie is not Billie Eilish. It is. Why does he become? Why does he become Billie Eilish? Oh yeah. Because I, I, I can't say his last name, and they're both. Well, she's not British, but she's obnoxious. So, and I don't know what a Billie Eilish is. And at this point, I'm scared to ask. So I'm just gonna. But my point is, yeah, Donald Glover as Lando has legs because people like and it. And half. I would and, watch an entire like three movies about just Lando. He's talented. That guy's talented. Get that guy some money. Get him in front of the camera. Use him. That like Disney. Yeah. People like that guy, and he's talented. Like, go nuts, young Lando, all the way. That's got legs. Run with it. Yeah, hard agree. And and, and the same thing. That th- this solo, it's not a total disaster. There's something to be salvaged there. They could do something with it. But they could buddy those guys up, like Sebastian Stan and Mackie. Like honestly, if you can do a Winter Soldier and Falcon thing, you can do a solo Lando thing with those guys. You can yeah, no, make that I, combo I work. It the fuck out of that that would be yeah. great because I, I think the fans like the like those characters and they like the actors you've got you've got some room there use it final question before we head to our first break how many uh han shot first beers does this take to sit through i'd say one two this is a great movie i love it it's more than one because it, it's not a great movie but you know what you have a couple beers you you watch han solo do some fun han solo stuff it's a fun movie. It's a two. It's a two. I can have a great time at two. You know what? I'm not as uh, bullish on this, but again, I think you make a great point, Captain Cash. It's a fun movie. I give it a solid three beers. All right. So. Three beers. It's about two hours long. Three beers, two hours. That's not a big stretch. Yeah, it's not that bad. Right, so that'll take us to our first break. When we come back, we're going very briefly talk about the drama behind the scenes of this movie because it's pretty common knowledge. Jesus. And I do have a couple of questions to go along with it, and then we are going to do our She's Fast Enough for You, Old Man, Han Solo Trivia Challenge. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. Presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. This is our solo A Star Wars Story episode. And as we've alluded to throughout the podcast, uh, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama with Solo. And we're going to share some of that and discuss it a little bit further now. So in June of 2017, after completing at least three-quarters of principal photography on the standalone prequel, the original co-directors Lord and Miller were fired. By Kathleen Kennedy over creative differences. Here is one example. Hold up. Yes. I don't know that there's any hard knowledge of whether they were fired or whether they left. There was creative differences. And I'm also less than comfortable saying it was definitely Kathleen Kennedy. This is in Vulture. Listen, I just know the toxic ass dickheads like to blame Kathleen Kennedy for a lot of things. And I'm not ready to do that. So either way. They were let go. The source for Vulture said, just an example, to hear one source tell it, the main difference between the co-director's filmmaking style and Ron Howard's boiled-down efficiency, Lord Miller would typically demand more than 30 takes of a given scene, seemingly unsure of what they wanted other than, hey, just deliver it differently than the last time, and Howard would get it done in two or three takes. They did say Phil and Chris are good directors, 
They just didn't feel they were prepared for Star Wars. Because after like the 25th take, actors would be like, what the hell is going on right now? And that was basically their ultimate demise was inefficiency in getting a huge tentpole film like this done in an efficient, organized, cohesive manner. And yet they still won an Oscar for Spider-Verse. Well, well I, I, and that's animated. Yeah, but so they're I not the say, director I will of that say either, here. So. Uh, but the question is, were you able to tell the, that this production had been split to such a severe degree? I mentioned it in my one-sentence description. I don't really think so. I think this movie feels like it was intended to feel. Not as if they directed I think if it was Lord Miller's movie, it would feel vastly different than Ron Howard's movie. I just don't think you can see the... The scenes. Yeah. You know, they're not showing like they are in the movie I alluded to earlier, Justice League, where it's almost embarrassing how poorly that movie fits together. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I what whatever was re- released in Zolo appears to have a single vision, and it mostly achieves that vision. I just, again, my my issue is that vision is clouded, right? Like it all hangs together, but what they're sure. hanging is kind of eh. No, I, I think you do feel some of the choppiness in this movie. It's not disjointed the point you see actors changing hairstyles or weight between the cuts. But I, I do think there's some connective tissue that's missing in this movie. And I get it. And, and also, I have to admit, I agree with the criticism that you can't shoot a Star Wars movie with 30 takes. That, that's, that's not the kind of movie you're doing here. This is an art house cinema. You need to have a vision you need to be efficient. You need to get it knocked out. This isn't uh, amateur hour. You can't just kind of shoot this like you would Caddyshack or something like that. That's not the kind of movie you're dealing with here. The visual effects and the budget here, you have to be efficient. You have to have a very straightforward direction. You can't waffle. I agree. Uh, you're recreating or reintroducing a, a beloved character. It's not the time to be like, hey, we're going to put our own spin on Han Solo. He's a character that is so ingrained in the fabric of Star Wars that he can't all of a sudden become goofball douche nozzle number 15. He's Han Solo. He's not the guy who's riffing and you're like, oh, just do it how you want to do it. He's written in a certain way. And I know the Chasms were very critical of how they were kind of shooting it too. You just you can't do that. You can't be like, oh, it's time to improv. Just go with it. It's a character See, we but, all know. Yeah, I mean, I agree to a point, but I also have to say, I get the sense that Harrison Ford was kind of like being Harrison Ford on set. That's, okay, but that's yeah. why Han Solo was successful in the first place. He, like, you got all these goddamn space wizards and Jedi knights and fucking like planet destroying things, and then Han Solo shows up like, no, 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 everything's fine here. We're good. How are, how how are you? So hold on. Let me let me bring it to reality for you here, Captain Cash. Everything you said is true. If you're the first Han Solo, you can freaking just maverick the shit out of this stuff. Do whatever you want. 
you've Logan established the no excuse for a good blaster at your side, kid. Yeah, yeah you've established that's, your character. That's not the type of shitty improv that was apparently happening. Like, and that wasn't improv. He really only improved. I love you. I know. I know, but my point being is, once that character's established, that's out the window. You can't just cowboy it from there on out. Mm. Now you've, you're boxed in, and because this movie is a prequel, it is subject to what's already been established. You can't just cowboy this and just like whatever. No, you have to keep it within what is acceptable, and, and you know, for the good or the worse. You know, that's where you're at. You, you have to make this work within the confines of the character because it's established. Yep. There's no improv in your way out of this. And I think you uh, need to be Harrison Ford's Han Solo. And I think that's the biggest point because another point of contention apparently was Aaron Reich's inability to mimic the performance of Harrison Ford. So in March 20th. Wait, no, 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 B- Bill Hader. Yeah. That, that's Bill Hader, so, right? And, and, I'm going to ignore that. In March of 2017, the studio took the nearly unprecedented step of hiring an acting coach to actually help him more convincingly channel Ford's swashbuckling effect in the original movies because they wanted something very specific. They had that in mind. So, again, we touched on it briefly earlier. Did he achieve that in the end? I think he nails it at certain points. Like... uh, not if you round down. He has the look. He's got the point. I think there's certain points he does really well with it, and there's others where it's not so great, but at no time do I think he did a poor job playing Han Solo. But it's such it's such big shoes to fill. But he does really nail it in a couple of moments. No, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. It's not that he does a bad job. It's just simply that... Han Solo is so deeply associated with Harrison Ford that, you know, for a normie audience to to disconnect that experience is hard. So I don't agree with either of you. I felt his performance was disappointing from from the get go in comparison to Harrison Ford. I think he was fine in the movie. I'm not going to deny that. I think he was a good actor. I think he was charismatic. I think he was good at points. But honestly, I it lost me in that first scene with the Muppet uh, Lady Proxima. That I, I was like, this is a thermal detonator. I, that scene just did not work for me. That felt like a Lord Miller scene to me. I have no way of proving that. But it was sort of stupid in a way that didn't fit. I don't know. It, and again, it, it wasn't. That's bad, just a rock. Except it's not a rock. It is a rock. It, yeah. It, it was. It wasn't bad. It just felt really cartoony and dumb, and um, it just it, it took me out of the moment. It took me out of the moment. And then and, and she's a vampire. The sun hurts her. Uh, yeah, there's a lot know. of weird alien species in Star Wars. I'm willing to forgive that. That doesn't matter to me. But to me, that that's like the first few minutes of the movie, and I'm like, mm. okay, and and this is where we are. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's sort of like one of the big things I hate about The Last Jedi is when he does an Admiral Hugs joke three times in the first four minutes of the movie, and it's like, once would have been enough. Three times? Three? 
you know what, Oscar Isaac enough. Like, why are we trying to make him happen? Can we stop oh, making him happen? Uh, Annihilation, uh, he was Apocalypse, he's in Star Wars. Can we just stop? He's not good in any of it. I, I'm sorry, are, are, are you trying to accuse the internet's boyfriend of not being a good actor? Because I'll jump through this goddamn screen. He's great. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about Keanu Reeves, I'm talking about Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaacs is great. Uh, quick assessment. Chumpsill is correct. Keanu Reeves is the internet's boyfriend. Oscar Isaac, at best, is like the internet's nanny. Side piece. <laughs> Manny. So, quick interesting facts. And one of the things I will post to social is a link to some of the Easter eggs from this movie. Because this movie is a love letter to Star Wars in a lot of different ways. But Harrison Ford revealed that he's seen the movie and he thinks it's phenomenal. He skipped out on the premiere because he didn't want to steal Alden Ehrenreich's spotlight or moment of glory, which he most definitely would have. Way to go, Harrison. The golden fertility idol from the opening scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark is on a table in Dryden Voss's meeting room. Uh, it's tough to catch, but I did catch it this time around. We talked about Terrace Cassie. Who doesn't love that awful, slow marauding video game from 1997 anthony daniels appears as a human named talk he's not a droid he's in the only actor in every star wars movie by the way uh on the kessel run escape he's the guy that calls to sagwa chewie's other uh wookie friend and beckons her over that's anthony daniels when they like sort of split ways and he's like sagwa that's anthony daniels i don't know if you guys caught that Nope, okay. Of course, no. Tobias Beckett wears whose disguise when they go to the Kessel Run planet? Yeah, I mean, very obviously. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Lando. The, it's, the it's Lando. Which, by the way, he's also wearing again in Rise of Skywalker. And, and also, uh, you know, Han does the thermal detonator thing that Leia does yep. at Jabba's Palace yeah. as well. I'm, there's some I skipped over, and that was one of them. But that's another thing, like uh, that's legit in in there. That you'd be like, oh, okay, I get that. Dryden Voss was originally played by Michael K. Williams, and the character was going to be like a fish, bird-like dinosaur type thing. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be like half mountain lion, half human. A dinosaur, bird-like figure. I've seen a sketch, so I'll put the sketch on social. What? what, what who's the actor? Michael K. Williams. This. Yeah. Who? Michael K. Williams. He's like in, He's got a huge scar the down his face. The actor that played him in the film. Oh, oh, the guy Batman. from Braveheart. No. Okay. Anyways, he couldn't return for reshoots. That's why I had to, they had to recast Bettany. And if I'm able to find that roundtable discussion, it includes Bettany. It's kind of awesome that he got to be a part of it. I feel terrible for Michael K. Williams, but... Uh, Bettany geeks out really hard about getting that call from Ron Howard. Another insane casting what if. Woody Harrelson was picked over Christian Bale to play Beckett. And this one's for you, Captain Cash. Charlie Cox lobbied for the title role. He even had a screen oh, test. I know this. But he was turned down because they feared that his tendency not to keep eye contact <laughs> weakens the Fucking character's Fucking being portrayal. Daredevil killed him. <laughs> yep. So... 
that's just some of the uh, stuff I found. There's a ton. And again, I'll post some other ones. And here we go. This is for all the coaxium in the galaxy, fellas. It's our She's Fast Enough for You, Old Man, Han Solo Trivia Challenge. It's not specifically about this movie. It's about the character Han Solo. I've got six questions. The last one's a bonus. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Number one. Han Solo, as he appears in the original trilogy, was not how he was written in the first draft. What was his appearance prior to becoming the Harrison Ford version we saw? Was it A, a green alien species known as a Eurelian? B, a Clatoonian, which would later be seen in large numbers aboard Java's aerial barge? C, a Deveronian, which is almost like a space Satan with pale skin and horns? Or D, you totally made this up? D, you made this bullshit up. A. Chumpzilla is correct. It was a green alien known as a Eurelian. In George Lucas's original script for Star Wars, Han Solo wasn't a square-jawed humanoid scoundrel. He was decidedly more green and Swamp Thing looking, and he was also supposed to be a Jedi. So, <laughs> Lucas didn't know what the fuck he was doing, ever. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at yeah. all. Number two. This famous director was the inspiration for Han Solo. Was it A, John Milius, Conan the Barbarian, Steven Spielberg? I don't need to name any of his movies. I shouldn't really name, need to name Milius either, but he's a little less known than these other guys. C, Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather, Godfather 2, Apocalypse Now, or D, Brian De Palma, Mission Impossible, Blowout, all kinds of great shit, Body Double. A. Coppola. It is Francis Ford Coppola. Shit. I'm actually surprised because it, he seems much more like a Milius character. Judging, but... Coppola is good buddies with uh, Lucas. But they're all good buddies. Like, I chose guys that were yeah. all friends, specifically because yep. they're all friends. I've been to that dickhead's no, winery. It's delicious. But, but uh, Lucas and Coppola were college buddies. No, but this was like this was a whole group of young directors that used to hang out. Yeah, but but he wrote Star Wars way before he got it. Never mind. Keep going. So, anyways, legendary director Francis Ford Coppola, friend of George Lucas, you just said, his smooth talking persona inspired the feel of Han Solo. Number three of these famous actors, which did not audition for the role of Han Solo in the original trilogy. Long list. A. Al Pacino. B. Kurt Russell. C. Robert Englund. D. Christopher Walken. E. Sylvester Stallone. F. All of the above. I can repeat those if necessary. Please. Yes. Yes. A. Al Pacino. B. Kurt Russell. C. Robert Englund. D. Christopher Walken. E. Sylvester Stallone. F. All of the above. Did, did or did not? Did not audition. Stallone did not. Pacino. Incorrect. They all did. I thought Robert Englund would be the Shit. one in there where you guys would be like, no fucking way. Freddy Krueger. 
The only one I knew that did was Kurt Russell. I knew Kurt Russell. The only Russell. one I knew that did was fucking Pacino. They, but they you've never did. seen Kurt Russell's string t- screen test? You, you can you can YouTube skirt uh, skirt <laughs> Kurt Russell's screen test for this. Wow. I want to okay. see Skirt Russell's. What was his like? <laughs> skirt skirt. So uh the score is two to nothing, Chumpzilla. Alright. Number four. Han Solo's blaster is based on the German Mauser C-96. In which film did that prop actually debut? The blaster. Was it A, 1967's The Naked Runner starring Frank Sinatra, B, 1971's The Omega Man starring Charlton Heston, C, 1973's Westworld starring Yul Brynner, or D, 1974's Zardoz, starring Sean Connery. Zardoz. Let's do it, Sean Connery. Westworld. It is 1967's The Naked Runner, starring Frank Sinatra. Oh! So, the original prop of Hans Blaster uh, wasn't built for Star Wars specifically, according to an article I found all about rebuilding the Blaster. Uh, It was used in this 1967 film. And they, they have a picture of it, the whole deal, and it looks exactly the same. It's nice. pretty wild. It, and honestly, it is a great prop. That is a great blaster. It is. It is a great blaster. All right, so still 2 nothing. Number five. In France, the character Han Solo went by this name. Was it A, Fran Solo? Was it B, Hardwin Solo? Was it C, Jan Solo? Or was it D, Hedvig Solo? Jan Solo. Jan Solo. It yeah. is Jan Solo. So yeah. La Guerre de Estoles went through a fit of character renaming for the French audience. C-3PO became Z-6PO. Chewbacca, <laughs> Chewbacca became Chictaba. Jabba the Hutt was Jabba the Woodsman. The millenni- what? The, li- the Millennium Falcon was Le Millennium Condor. And Darth Vader was Darth <laughs> Vor- was Dark Vador. Uh, you know the last one. That's fine. French is tricky. That seems to all check yeah. out. So it's three to one. If you miss this, Chumpsilla and Captain Cash gets it, it'd be a tie. And you'd have to split the coaxium, but it would be unrefined and you both would blow up shortly after receiving it. Sounds fair. The bonus for two points. Han Solo did not appear in the prequels, although apparently he almost did as a 10-year-old boy before Lucas thought better of it. But the Millennium Falcon did. In which film did it appear? And when I say prequels, we can include Rogue One as a prequel. Rogue One, then. Yeah. Incorrect. It's Revenge of the Sith. Damn it. It pulls out, right? It's actually, it's pulling in. So it's a wide shot of yeah, and yeah, you see yeah. It in. And I will post that to the social as well. You've won the coaxium. It has been refined. Woof! This might be my second uh, victory of all yeah. time. I have to gloat here for a moment. Captain Cash yes. is a loser, and for that Woof, defense, pulled it off. he's going to be frozen in carbonite. Wait, as as the victor, can I elect to be frozen in carbonite? Because that's kind of my kink. I just, I'm just saying, like, I volunteer. I, I volunteer tribute. Sure, why not? 
Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do our 2020 Oscar picks for six of the major categories. This show will drop uh, a few days before the Oscars, which airs Sunday, February 9th. So we're just going to go through some of the categories. Quick picks, no recommendations. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. We're going to conclude our solo episode with our Oscar picks for a few of the major categories. Just a simple rule of thumb. If you haven't seen the movies, for the most part, just pick the person you hope wins. Because that's what I did for a couple of them. So we will begin with Best Supporting Actress. The nominees were Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, or Margot Robbie for Bombshell. So if you could, in your heart of hearts, who would you hope wins the Best Supporting Actress Oscar? Or if you've seen them all, who do you think deserves it? Shit, I've I've seen Joe Rabbit, and I like Mark, but uh, uh, God damn it! Survey says, Ugh. and that that Little Women is good. Ah, uh, fuck it. Charlize Theron deserves it for. She wasn't nominated this one. She's she's a, she's it's a boy supporting, but, but but you know what she she probably deserves it because she can act and she is also a very attractive lady, so I can understand your confusion. I I would have given it to her for Mad Max. What Mo- Monsters Ball? Yeah, she won that for Monsters. She's not in Monsters Ball. It. She's in Monsters. Uh, Monsters Ball. Is... Uh, that's Halle Berry. <laughs> See, see, and that's the content you come here for. Monster. She was in Monster. Party Monster with Macaulay Culkin. She she was pretty good in Salt too. Wait, hey. Jesus. Atomic Fuck. Blonde. What, what, whatever. What, Same what, movie. Ultraviolet. Ultra The Matrix. Ultra, whatever. Carrie Ann Moss. I don't care. Mr. Wizard. What are the people? So the nominees were Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, that's my pick, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, or Margot Robbie for Bombshell. That's a tough call. I mean, honestly, the only one I've seen is Jojo Rabbit. I've heard great things about Little Women. I've heard good things about Bombshell. So just in your heart of hearts, who do you hope wins? I like Kathy Bates as a person, so that one. There you go. That's solid. That's the movie That's where solid. the media is bad. <laughs> they did kind of railroad that guy. Hey, as a uh, Atlanta native, if you look into that Richard <clears throat> Jewell story, it's kind of messed up. No lie. Oh no, it that, really that, is. Yeah. That 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 dude got fucked over hardcore. It's, it's the ultimate example of <clears throat> trial by public. Well, it's not the yeah. ultimate, but it's one of them. Like, hey, oh, we found a guy. He's the scapegoat. Here we go. Poor Schlub got nailed for it, but it wasn't him. It was actually some weirdo, wackadoodle, uh, anti-abortion extremist. But anyway, hey, my pick, it's an easy one. I'm going with Laura Dern for Marriage Story because I love Blue Velvet. Uh, so She deserves it. She's been doing an incredible job lately. If you watch Big Little Lies, yeah. 
She's unbelievable yeah. on that show. She's very good in Marriage Story, and her character is an unholy succubus, and she nails it. So best. Yeah, it, she's cre- she's she's creepy and haunting in that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So best supporting actor, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, or Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'll start. I think Pitt is probably going to win. He's been winning all the awards. Uh, no offense. He's just Brad Pitt in that movie. I don't get this at all. I don't get the obsession. Joe Pesci should win the Oscar. If not him, it should be Al Pacino. They crushed it in The Irishman. Joe Pesci, it, it, it almost makes you sad he hasn't been in more movies lately because he's that goddamn good in The Irishman. I can't argue against Mr. Rogers or Tom Hanks. I just, I can't. Yes. You guys both chose Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Fuck yeah. How many Oscars has he won? He doesn't need any more. Give it to Pesci. At least one more. At least one more. I'm just, it doesn't fucking matter. Tom Hanks. I'm just telling you, Brad Pitt's going to win, and I don't get it because, I mean, he's fine in that movie, but he's Brad Pitt. He's Brad Pitt in 1970s Hollywood. Mr. Rogers, Brad by the way. Yeah, now. Yeah. It's like, he seems like a hell of a nice guy. He's funny. He's very charming. I don't get it. Best Actress. Cynthia Erivo. Shout out to the, uh, to the Outsider. HBO, if you're not watching it, you should be. She's in that. Uh, for Harriet. Did not see it. It did not get particularly great reviews, but it is an incredible story in American history. Scarlett Johansson. She's back for Marriage Story. Uh... I'm going to butcher this name, and I hear it all the time, but Saoirse Ronan? Saoirse Ronan? Saoirse. For Little Women. Uh, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, or Renee Zellweger for Judy. You know what? I'm choosing the I'm choosing Cynthia Erivo from Harriet. Fuck yeah, Harriet. Yeah. The end. Yeah. I'm going to vote for uh, Renee Zellweger's face from uh, Jerry Maguire. Well, squinty. You had me at home. And you're wrong. But no, uh, seriously, for me, it's Scar Jo. Because I thought she was great in this. And Black Widow deserves her props. Uh, she was really good in Marriage Story. And the, the tough thing is, I didn't see Bombshell. Uh, I didn't see Judy. So I didn't really see the rest of them. Whereas I've made it a really conscious effort to see most of the Best Picture nominees. It gets a little tougher to see everything else. I would like to see Bombshell at some point. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that would be an interesting movie to see, but I just, I, I did not go out of my way to see it. I'd be more interested in watching The Loudest Voice, which is the Roger Ailes show on Showtime with Superman's dad, Russell Crowe. Best actor, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, the High Sparrow, Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Uh, you know, I, I Joker was in my top five comic book movies. I I talked about how unbelievable that performance was. And I think he's going to win. But after seeing Marriage Story, I I would have given it to Driver. Wow. I, that movie really hit me very, very hard. And I think it's it's a good movie. It's a good. I movie. think it's because we all have families. We all understand the, the yeah. weight and the emotion of that sort of stuff. Adam Driver was so good in that movie. 
And he didn't even have to say anything to be good. And not that all these other guys weren't great too, but I think it required it required a lot uh, of of him to. And he was a real human. He felt he felt like a like a guy you knew. I don't know. Hey, hey real quick aside here for a second, because I'm going to disagree with you, uh, Mister Wizard. Uh, this is clearly uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's category to run away with. Oh, he's going to win. But, yeah. but to your point about Adam Driver, I think a lot of Star Wars fans would agree with you that he has been the most solid performer in that franchise through this new, uh, uh, you know, threequel uh, event. And his performance in Mare's story, I think, reinforces the fact that he's legit. But that guy can carry some stuff. And I think he carries a lot of emotion in that movie. And Literally, the only one I've seen is Phoenix. And I'm fine. I, I just don't have a strong opinion here. Yeah. But no, Adam Driver, he's not a bad so actor. Give the, I think he's shown his job. Give the Oscar to Banderas then, Captain Cash. Be like, hey, I'd really like a fucking Puss in Boots hold, to get hold this on. thing. Listen, I've seen 13 Warriors. Puss in Boots. <laughs> 13th yeah. Warrior, yes! Remember that movie where he was a Muslim? Give this guy an Oscar. Listen, Come on. listen this is the apology Oscar. <laughs> okay, no. Thank you. Uh, best director. Thank you for your service. Uh, Martin Scorsese, The Irishman. No thanks. I love I love The Irishman. It's not nearly his best movie. So no. And he, are, and he got one. Uh, Todd Phillips for Joker. Shouldn't have been nominated. He did a great job. He shouldn't have been nominated. Sam Mendes for 1917, probably going to win from what I understand, and uh, I, w- I wouldn't give it to him because he already got one. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, no chance, it's not even in his top four best movies. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, give that guy the Oscar. Just watched that the other night, give it to him. Uh, I'm giving this one to Tarantino. Uh, I'll give it to Bong Joon-ho, and I haven't seen... Anything other than the train to Busan. So should, based uh, on that, yeah. You guys should watch Parasite. Uh, I wouldn't. I hear good things. I liked it, but yeah. I'm, you know now we're gonna do Best Picture. So Ford vs Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Of all the films I've seen, so uh, Hollywood, Joker, Irishman, Marriage Story, Parasite. And I'm going to see the rest before the show. Uh, maybe not Little Women, because I've seen it two other times and I read the book. So I, I know it's good because Greta Gerwig's great. So I'm sure it's great. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Marriage Story. That was the best movie I've seen. I think Parasite was uh, behind The Irishman. And I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was behind Joker. And I, I would go Marriage Story, Irishman. Parasite, Joker, those could be interchangeable because I think they have the same sort of. They're they're both good. And they're both commentaries on on class stratifications and the problems with people who have a lot and people who have a little. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a very self indulgent, long, mostly boring movie. Yeah, I think I've seen Jojo Rabbit, so that one. I'm going to give it to the Irishman because I think uh, Scorsese might get the nod. I really hope uh, Marriage Story is recognized in some way, whether it's through one of these acting categories or whatever. A lot of these movies are good, so really, I don't have any complaints. 
I don't really get into, uh, you know, the whole Green Book fiasco of last year. Like, oh, this shouldn't have won, and everybody hates Peter Farrelly now, and he's a piece of shit. And it's like, he just he tried to make a movie that mattered. Like, why don't you go do something with your life? I don't know. <laughs> there are issues there. I'm sure, yeah. And maybe the movie didn't come off as they expected, but, you know, the guy tried to make a heartfelt movie about about those issues, and maybe it wasn't as deep an exploration as as could have been, but I don't think there was any bad intentions. No, no, it's not a bad movie either. Just, you know. It Make didn't a hit better the, one. Anyway. In any event. It didn't hit the right notes. We're going to close. It didn't hit uh, the right notes. If you've been paying attention, I think 1917's probably going to win Best Picture and Best Director. I'm going to go see it this week, so... I've got a problem with this. I'm not a big fan of this whole like gimmick one take movie crap. Oh, I don't like how that's like the new thing. Oh, it's a one take movie. It's like, not though. And it's it's that. not though. They aren't. That that's it's all CGI bullshit. Still, so don't still, fucking... the one take hallway fight in Old Boy is one of the greatest things ever put to film, and uh, you should watch that if you haven't. So there's a recommendation, and uh, that's how. Fair enough. Close it. Fair enough. And just some advice from the old. Space smuggler we all love and hold so dear to our hearts. Don't get cocky, kids. We'll see you next time.